1933, Frances Perkins was appointed the Secretary of Labor, making her the first female cabinet member. She graduated from college in 1902, a time when less than 3% of American women even attended college. Perkins went on to earn a fellowship at the New York School of Philanthropy. After getting her master's degree in political science, she worked for the New York City Consumers League, investigating working conditions in factories. She eventually went on to become the top administrator for the New York Department of Labor. During her career, Frances kept a journal called Notes on the Male Mind. She would log her insights on male preferences and expectations, using it to manipulate gender stereotypes. Frances also wore matronly clothing. She did so because it reminded men of their mothers. That way she could shame them into doing things her way. It was less threatening and far more effective. While labor secretary, she helped formulate the New Deal, established Social Security, workers' compensation, unemployment insurance, maternal and child health services, and aid to the poor and disabled. She also helped Jewish children escape the Nazis, placing nearly 400 in American foster families. In 1908, British activist Edith Margaret Garud, along with her wrestling and boxing instructor husband, ran a martial arts studio in London where they taught jiu-jitsu to women in the suffragist movement. Men were invited to stop by and challenge her. She had them wear a police hat, and then she would unleash her fury on them. Although she was just 46 years old and stood 4 foot 11 inches, she was able to knock these men flat on their back. Her classes became increasingly popular, helping empower women in the movement. Before long, they became known as the Suffragitsu. While it seems strange, self-defense was greatly needed. Police were becoming more and more aggressive in their attempts to stop the movement. Together, about 30 little ladies formed a group called the Bodyguard to provide protection for their leader, Edith. They hid weapons like clubs and flower pots in their dresses and created armor with cardboard and cotton padding. These women were known to create scuffles on the streets, then zip back to the studio to hide their bats under the floor. When the police arrived, it looked as if it was just another exercise class. The media called these women the Amazons, and whenever Edith needed them to help out, they were there. On one occasion, these Amazons stood guard in front of the stage where Edith was giving a speech. Before long, the police descended on her. The women started pulling out barbed wire they had had hidden in their bouquets and tangled the officers. Abigail Adams became the first lady when her husband John Adams was elected president in 1797. She missed the celebration, however, as the harsh winter kept her from traveling to Philadelphia to attend his inauguration. John Adams may have been president, but he relied heavily on his wife. In fact, he wrote her a letter saying, quote, the times are critical and dangerous, and I must have you here to assist me. She wasn't just a docile housewife. John saw her as his equal in life and valued her as an advisor in his government career. This can be seen through the over 1,100 letters the two exchanged in their life. In these letters, they addressed each other as my dearest friend. John's diplomatic work meant the couple spent many years separated, and these letters are what helped keep them connected. They spoke of everything from the Constitution to human rights. In fact, Abigail was staunchly opposed to slavery and was an early fan of abolition. She also was an advocate of women's rights. In her most famous letter to her husband, she warned him that the new American government must, quote, remember the ladies and be more generous and favorable to them than your ancestors. Do not put such unlimited power into the hands of the husbands. Remember, all men would be tyrants if they could. Abigail is also in rare company. 
Her son, John Quincy Adams, eventually became president, too, making her just one of two first ladies to be both the wife and mother of a president, the other being Barbara Bush. Now that you know where we've been, find out where we're going. Tune in to Ladies Love Politics, where you can stay informed without going insane. (laughs) 